Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. Texas Football Today, a show on the internet that enjoyed a nice three-day weekend. And by nice three-day weekend, I mean I worked my freaking tail off. <laughs> Sounds about right. My name's Greg Tepper. I haven't, that's the thing. Because of the pandemic, uh-huh. like I have not had like a break in work in like since March. Since, since, since March when my wife and I went on vacation. Yeah. That's the last time I really had like consecutive days off of not working. Mm-hmm. My name is Greg Tupper. Feel bad for me. I'm the managing editor of Tupper Campbell's Texas Football <laughs> Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is wearing a very fuzzy number. It's called a Sherpa. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. It's a very... A lot going on there. It's cold in here. I, it, it, I, pr- I prepared. Like, it's... Cool first down. off, the cold front came in last night. It did. It rained. And then I knew it was going to be cold in here. Yeah. So, I sherped up today. Good for you. That's a verb. I sherped up. <laughs> We're making that a verb. Sherped up. I guess, yeah, sherpa would be the verb in that. But, like, sherpa up would be the verb phrase. Anyway, uh, today's Monday, September 28th, 2020, 58 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1036, 1036, the Dick Such episode. On today's show, Mi Amigos y Mi Amigas. Oh, si. Bueno. <laughs> Took French. Um, we've got a, we're doing an hour, we're doing it live, F it, we'll do it live. Monday morning fallout, overreacting to the football weekend. Talking to Houston CE King coach Derek Fitzhenry after their big, big, big win over Cy Falls on Friday night. We're going to talk with him about his 1-0 Panthers. Uh, we will have the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings reveal. We will unveil the newest members of the UIL 100 lists, players, teams, and rivalries. We will honor the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. We will honor the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. And we'll round it all out with a campus crawl look at the college football stuff around the state of texas so a lot to get to in not a lot of time and by not a lot of time i mean we could just you know go forever if you want to can i ask a quick question real fast uh with the when we told people to text in for the question of the coasters uh someone who's already won asked if how long until they can win again are we going to say until we run out of coasters like you can't get get another yeah until we get until we get a new prize yeah if we get a new prize then you can you can do it again so we gotta we gotta stack so let's you know what maybe next week we'll release you from the uh 
from or what you can do is next week we'll start letting you win but then you have to gift them to somebody yeah there we uh, go there we go there anyway we go. uh it's nine seven two five three two damn okay or five damn okay nine seven two five three two monk uh yeah do we have first four through the door oh we sure do it was uh rob hadaway william dyson john velo david garcia and special shout out to Kev, uh, kevin higginbotham because he's watching from beautiful colorado oh everyone's in colorado i l- i am jealous of like that. all all the people i know Every person, literally every person I know, is in Colorado. Oh, good for them! It's like a good time. you are it's in Colorado, you are in Colorado right now. Yeah, mentally. Yeah. All right, lots to get to. <laughs> Pickle. Yes. Hit the air raid sirens. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, it was a robust, voluptuous week of football. That is accurate. A lot to get to. A voluptuous week of football. I'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, number one for a reason. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings. Of course, we'll reveal the rankings coming up here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And look, all of us are just <laughs> guessing. Uh, we're just picking names out of a hat. Yep. We don't know what we're talking about. Uh-uh, <clears throat> not at all. See what the number one teams in the state did this week. Just mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's just a, a peruse through here. Uh, number one in 6A was Galena Park North Shore. Yep. They took on Alvin Shadow Creek, beat them 38-21, handed them their first ever regular season loss. Okay, good good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5A Division One, Denton Ryan. Denton Ryan played in the UIL that? 100 kickoff classic at AT&T Stadium in Arlington and put a hurtin' on Arlington Martin. That 47-24 and honestly that game was not as close as that score indicates. No. That was a garbage uh, time. That was a that was a just a just a beat down. It was an impressive impressive victory from Denton Ryan. Okay, number 1 5 I have a division two. Ennis. <laughs> Ennis. Now you were there. I was. You were Ennis and Red Oak. And, um, uh, and that score was 52 21. I get the feeling that's not necessarily indicative of, of, of how that game went. Garbage time. Yeah. Ennis put a hurtin' on Red Oak. Yeah, that's 6A and 5A. That's, that's the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4A. 4A Division one. Our, our, our number one team uh, right now is, is Argyle. Well, they were idle. That's, that's fine. Um, number one team uh, in 4A Division two is Carthage. Carthage. Beat Gilmer by four touchdowns. 42-14. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. uh, three Division one. Brock. Brock beat Bowie. 79 nothing. Okie dokie. What about three Division two? Three Division two. Canadian. Canadian was idle. Okay. Interesting. Uh, two Division one. Shiner. Shiner had their district opener and it's a, a good Flatonia team and beat them 49 nothing yep. in a game that was, I think, 42 nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then two in Division Two, Mart was idle. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Oh, well, number one in, in one A Division One was Westbrook. They beat Strawn, forty-five to them, seventy-two, twenty-two. Well, that's wow. That's weird. Balmeray in one A Division Two beat Nazareth. Wait, so you're telling me that all of our number ones completely clobbered people? Heyo. Let's go. Y'all are gonna pull the tape. Y'all are gonna pull the tape whenever we, uh, whenever, whenever we have a terrible week in our rankings, oh, yeah. and like seven number one teams <laughs> go down. But, but for, for now, now. <laughs> it's a good week to be number one. It's a good week to be number one. Thought number two: expectation hangover. <clears throat> we finally got to see <laughs> a number of college football teams for the first time, and there's this weird thing that happens when you work at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and you put together a 400-page magazine mm-hmm. and you read through it a hundred thousand times. Is that you start thinking about these teams like so in depth that when you finally see them, it's a weird thing. Yes, 
it's a weird thing. It's like they're more like figments, and mm-hmm. then they become realized. And some of those teams, I I think, uh, at this point, we've kind of played mind tricks on ourselves because they're not acting exactly as we foresaw them acting. Right. For example, I think Texas's defense might be a problem. Yikes. That now they came back and won cool. against Texas Tech, and 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 in the end, this is a, a game that is based on W's and L's, but defense problem. Um, TCU feels like they haven't figured out their offense. Nope. We thought they had the all off Now part of it is the Max Duggan situation. I'm certainly sensitive to that. I understand that, right. but I mean they, they lose to Iowa State, Texas A&M. Dude, just a colossal downfall. I just oh that was. Kind of gross. Now, again, look, the name of the game's winning, and yeah, they won. and they did. But, like, this was a team I expect to, like, roar out of the gates and, like, look the part. Again, yeah. Especially against an overmatched Vanderbilt team, and they just... That was, like, the Michael Scott gif of, like, the... They just didn't... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just looked... It was off. But then there's, like, surprises on the other side. Mm-hmm. For example, I don't think anybody expected Texas State to go up to Boston College and very nearly no. yeah. hand them an L. Now, they came up short. Lost in the end, but they led pretty much wire to wire. That first half was pretty. And I'll tell you what I certainly did not have on my vision board this year. Please tell me it's UTEP. And that is UTEP just beating <laughs> the crap out of a team. UTEP awesome. just <laughs> hammered Louisiana Monroe. That's awesome. Like I, like, like I said, I didn't have the TV on a ton this weekend. I, I had it kind of on. I was paying attention to the games and stuff like that. But like basically, the UTEP game was so far off my radar. So far off my radar. And then, like, I get a final alert. I was like, what? Yeah, no, has, it, has, that was around the same time as the Stars game starting. So we had switched over. But, yeah, oh we gosh. saw that. And I said, hop on the train, baby. Man, <laughs> that was wild. Awesome. Wild. Uh, okay. Thought number three. Halfway home. You guys want to hear something weird? <laughs> yep. Yeah. This week is the midpoint mm-hmm. for 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A, the regular season. We're in week five. We're in week six. Six. Shoot. Gosh. Yeah. This is the midpoint. Crap. Like, a Wh- bunch of teams, their season's halfway over. Yeah. I know it feels like we just started with 6A and 5A because we did, but, yeah. That hit me this weekend. Yeah. I was like, it's week six. I was like... Oh my gosh. Like, guys, the next high school football games. Actually, I think there's a game on Tuesday, so that's not true. Yes. But, like, the next, like, slate of high school football games will be in October. Yeah. Wow. It was really weird covering a 5 and 6 A game where it was week one for them. Yeah. And so then I think my mind is kind of transitioned into, okay, we're in the early half of the season, but we're not. Um. Yeah. So, anyway, Goodness. that is uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. Anyway, three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Comanche athlete Bryce Hermsmeyer. 12 tackles, two tackles for loss, two interceptions, and added 52 yards of offense uh, in a very, very uh, impressive performance there uh, for Comanche as they, what was the final score in that game? Uh, as they edge out Cisco 14-7. Very impressive from Bre- uh, uh, Bre- uh, Bryce Hermsmeyer uh, for Comanche. He gets a helmet sticker. A helmet sticker for Baylor's Treston Ebner. So, look, and I understand they're playing Kansas. I get it. I get it. But, like, honestly, the Baylor offense was... It's okay. It's okay. But then you're thinking, wait, Tepper. 
that like they won 47 to 14. What do you mean it was only okay? Well, they only had 352 yards total offense. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but nothing special, especially against Kansas. They almost, I mean, basically they had, I mean, they outgained Kansas 352 to 328. Like, it was pretty evenly matched. The reason they ran away with this was Tristan Ebner. Tristan Ebner carried the ball nine times for 36 yards and a touchdown. Tristan Ebner had two catches for 53 yards and a score. And Tristan Ebner returned two kickoffs for touchdowns. Two. He's the reason they ran away from him. Mm-hmm. Tristan Ebner gets a helmet sticker. And a helmet sticker for Cy Park fullback Nathan Livingston. <laughs> we need more I love fullbacks. everything about this. <laughs> Cy Park, new program, fullback, fullback. <laughs> named Nathan. I don't know why Nathan thinks it's important, but he had 14 carries for 273 yards and three cool. touchdowns as a fullback. Let's go. Side Park fullback Nathan Livingston gets a helmet sticker. Three teams to worry about. Frisco Lone Star. Yikes. This was a yeah. Thursday night affair, I believe, where they go and they drop their opener to North Forney. Now, I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. I think North Forney is going to be pretty good. Yes. I think that North Forney goes out there and, and they looked really strong out of the gates. They had a lot of injuries last year. They're healthy. I think Randy Jackson's Falcons are a team to keep an eye on. But the one thing I will say, mute computer, mute computer, mute computer. Why are you muting? This is why you're tripod guy. I really am tripod guy. But <laughs> for Frisco Lone Star, the number two team in five of Division One, to drop, and especially, by the way, with Denton Ryan, their district bunkmate, mm-hmm. looking so good, a little worried about Frisco Lonster. Texas a I mentioned it off the top, just a bizarre fits and starts game for the Aggies. I thought Kellen Mond was pretty bleh in this game. Yeah. Uh, missing, you know, missed a couple of throws. I think, I think you saw that they were, that they are going to struggle with who's going to catch the ball. I thought Isaiah Spiller was good. Basically had a 57-yard run that was that was that that uh, was very important kind of buoyed the numbers. But, you know, look, defense looked good. We thought the defense had a chance to be pretty good. It looked pretty good. Offense got to get into gear. And by the way, Vanderbilt's probably the worst team on their schedule. So, a little worried about the Aggies. And Atlanta. And I fall into this and I'm not talking about the city um, or in in Georgia. I'm talking about the the Rabbits. Um we fall into this trap every single year where we're like, man, maybe this is the year Atlanta does it. And then they, they now they schedule very tough in non-district. But they're 0 and 5. They're 0 and 5. They dropped their they dropped their district opener to White Oak, 28-21. But they are now 0 and 5. And look, they've lost Dangerfield, Paul Pewitt, Gilmer, White or Liberty Hill and or Liberty Isla rather and White Oak. Good teams. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, Those like, aren't cupcake ugh. games. I don't know. 0 and 5 is an ugly look. Three teams to watch. Temple. Yeah. What a showing. Very impressive. In a game that was very sloppy in the first half, mm-hmm. they cleaned it up in the second half and looked really, really strong. Um, they were, um, Ares Mendy, their quarterback, was very sharp. The defense came up with big plays. Watch out for Blue Front Whiteback Magic. Good good win over the Lobos. <laughs> Texas State. We mentioned them. Um, man, they're going to feel like I mean, they they've got to feel like they should they should be you know, they should be at least two and two. Yeah, I, arguably three and one. Yeah, they've dropped so many close games. I mean, they they arguably should have beaten uh, not in our, not arguably they should have beaten UTSA. Yes, absolutely. Should have beaten UTSA. Probably should have beaten Boston College. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, they basically they gave up a game time touchdown with a minute a minute eleven, and gave up a game losing field goal. And then SMU, they're right into the end. Mm-hmm. Now you got to finish, but keep an eye on Texas State. I think that once they get into uh, uh, conference play, they're going to be a team to keep an eye on. And how about Buda Johnson? Mm-hmm. Buda Johnson uh, goes out there, and in their first year as a varsity program, they win their opener by going out there. Um, or why did I pull Buda Hayes? That's dumb. And they beat Lockhart 31-22. Keep an eye on Buda Johnson. The new school down there in Buda. Those are three teams to watch. That's Monday Morning Fall. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Uh, become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider right now at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. We would very much appreciate it. And, hey, look, you get a lot of cool things in your life if you if you become an insider. All the cool kids are doing it. This is peer pressure to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. I definitely gave you the right number. I double-checked it. Hold on, I'll send it to you again. Nope. Yeah. No, I did. I sent you there. Okay. I'm going to text to you. Text to you. This should be the number. Is that not the number? This is riveting, riveting broadcasting. We're trying to get Derek Fitzhenry, the head coach of the Houston CE King Panthers, here on Texas Football Today. So hang with us because it's going to be worth it once we get Coach on the, on the line. Is that the number I sent you? Yeah. Oh, oh, see? I didn't screw it up this time. Um, okay. Well, we will we will vamp a little bit. We'll try to get him on the line. They got a big oh. win. There we go. We got a, they got a big win over Cy Falls uh, in their in their opener. So um, we appreciate uh, him taking a little bit of time because now he's going to join us. Good. See, we did it. This is live, guys, as you can tell. Um, cool. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of the one and O C E King Panthers. We are joined by Coach Derek Fitzhenry. Coach, how are you? Good about yourself. How are things in beautiful Houston, Texas? In Sheldon, I should say. Well, it's really cool right now, actually. It <laughs> feels great. No complaints then, I'm sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. No 100-degree weather. Oh, man, ain't that the truth. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about Friday night. I think that there may be some people who look at what happened on Friday night. Uh, you know, a good Cy Falls team, a team that, that's got pedigree, a team that was, that was very strong last year. You guys go out there and, and jump all over them, 35-3 lead at halftime, end up winning the game 51-3. Uh, it, it certainly it certainly struck me as, as as a bit of a surprise. Did it surprise you at all? Yeah, 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 definitely the score did, uh, definitely so. I know Cy Falls, I know uh, Coach Brister and his staff, I know those guys, I coached with Coach Brister. Uh, when I was in Cy Ferris, I know they're excellent coaches and have a great program, and there's a lot of tradition there. And uh, I was at North Shore when we beat them in 2015. It was a really tight game, so I know what kind of program. Uh, so I thought it would be a tight game. I really did, but they, they had some tough breaks there at the beginning. You know, snapped the ball over the quarterback's head. We got an easy score there. Next series, snapped the ball over the punter's head. We got an easy score there. So, you know, some of it was kind of first game stuff. You know, I'm proud of our kids. We didn't make a lot of mistakes, and uh, we were in, in good shape. 
Uh, didn't have a lot of cramping and that type of thing. We were able to go fast on offense when we needed to. Uh, so I'm proud for what we did, but but also, you know, you, you got to give credit where it's due. I mean, there's some of it was just some tough breaks on South Hall's part at the beginning also. Um, you guys are coming off of a 7-4 and four year last season and, and now off of the, the strangest offseason of all time. Uh, were you, in, in, in week one, after the delay, after not knowing if and when you guys are going to play, um, do you feel like your kids... Uh, were you worried about what they were going to look like going out there? And, and I imagine if, if you were, you were you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I can't say I wasn't worried, but at the same time, I mean, we, we're in Sheldon, so I've been through this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we had the flood in 2017, and, uh, you know, man, we, we were just uh, – the impact of that and what we had to overcome just to get going, just to be able to play and what our kids were having to do. We had to change schools and kids were getting on – buses five times a day and uh so we've been through it and, and these kids went through that some of them were freshmen in that during that time so we, we know how to adjust and so i felt like uh, from that point we, we would be in good shape we know how to but but you're right strange i don't know if strange really can define it uh because it's uh definitely the most difficult and, and uh, you know time that i've ever had but just trying to ensure that kids were in good shape when they went on the field. You, you want to have the knowledge, uh, you know, of the game and, and what you're doing uh, assignment-wise. Uh, but, but, but there's also that part of the, the physical conditioning. Uh, but, you know, the Lord smiled on us, and we've had great weather. And, you know, typically if you were to start this like, we have in the past, we're in August, and you've got 104-degree heat at game time and things like that. It can, that can be a large impact on how well you do, so just the health of it. So uh, that part I was very happy with our, our kids, just uh, how good a shape we were in. And uh, we had minor cramping, but it was kids who were playing. You know, our running back carried the ball several times. I think he had 154 yards, so, uh, you know, on first game night you carry the ball that many times and uh have that many yards you're you're you're, you're allowed a cramp or two uh but didn't didn't have to come out of the game so that part is just proud of our kids for their we didn't make any mistakes either as far as assignments and and then then just uh being where we were supposed to be transitioning from offense special teams special teams to defense so forth uh you know so yeah, I'm just proud of the coaches, too, just really because uh, we, we, we've had times where we've had 14 days where we couldn't see the kids because we had to quarantine everybody. So it's not only have we missed the spring ball, but we also had 14 days during the summer that we couldn't. And then we had another break and then another break. And uh, so really just really getting probably four good weeks in before this game. Uh, so I'm just happy with everybody, really am. We're talking with Derek Fitzhenry, the head coach of the Houston CE King Panthers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today. Coach, um, you know, I'm, I know that the, the style of, of, of offense and program you run, you're not a guy who, who, who asks your quarterback to go out there and throw the ball 50 times a game. But I know you ask a lot of your quarterback. Those are two different things. Uh, and you got a guy this year in Cameron Kinchin who uh, was a, a, a strong as a junior last year, now a senior. Uh, he throws for two touchdowns, runs for another pair of touchdowns. Uh, what did you see from your signal caller on Friday night? And, uh, and, and what, what can you tell us about this young man? 
he's, you know, Cameron's, uh, we got a lot invested in Cameron. Cameron's got a lot invested in being a quarterback. You know, he, he played 10 games as a freshman and 10 games as a sophomore with JV and then 11 games as a junior. So, you know, got a lot invested and he, a lot of time at quarterback, he understands the role. Uh, his, his body has matured uh, a lot from last year, his strength, his speed, uh, all those things. Uh, intellectually, he's there, no doubt. He has the smarts to be a great quarterback. And uh, we have the ability to throw the ball now. I mean, and we, and we could throw the ball 40 times a game, and we'll have that opportunity. But, you know, you get in a game and, and uh, you know, you're running the ball effectively. You want to stay with it and take those opportunities when they present themselves for big plays in the passing game. But uh, overall, you know, he just has uh, his, his physical maturity – is much different from last year, much different. Uh, you know, the experience obviously helps playing varsity football. But then when you when you pack on 15, 20 pounds of muscle, when you, you know, now you're running a 4-5, 4-4 instead of a 4-8. I mean, that's just a different football player out there now. Uh, so he's a, he's a dual threat, and, and he's definitely – uh, he's got some small college interests, but I think at the end of the season he'll have some larger colleges look at him. He's a smart kid, too, 4.0 GPA. It sounds like uh, you mentioned that he, he might graduate from high school with an associate's degree, which is just a, a remarkable thing, and I know that's, that's a special thing going on there at, at Sheldon ISD. Um, Coach, I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your, your, your district. Um, it is uh, – I don't know who you made mad at the UIL – but you should maybe <laughs> maybe give them a call. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. In there with North Shore, Westbrook, Atascacita, good Summer Creek team, uh, Umble and Kingwood squads that can that can routinely be a pain to play. Uh, when you take a look at, at at that, I know obviously a lot of time between now and then, or well, some time between now and then. Uh, but when you take a look at your district, how uh, what what what's what's your perspective? Uh, just an awesome district, uh, <laughs> you know. And then, yeah, you know, yeah, we. But honestly, I mean, that's where we want to be. And then you say that and knock on some wood. I mean, we, we would like to be competitive in that district, but it gives you a chance to measure yourself. You know, each at, your, at the lower levels and to varsity level. I mean, we, we were, you know, in 2013, C.E. King was a 4A school. Yeah. And here we are in 2020, we're 6A. So that's where we want to be. We want to be a 6A program. And we want to be like the Tascacitas and North Shores and West Brooks and Summer Creeks and if you're playing those schools, you can measure yourself at, at every level and how well you're doing. And are you there? Are you have you risen to their level of success? And and that's why we're trying to play the games we're playing in the non uh, non district games with Sci Falls and uh, Ridge Point and Straight Jesuit and Huntsville. Those programs that have always won, um, you know that and other people refuse to play us. But <laughs> you know it is. Uh, I just really think there's. You know, every one of those teams in this district could play for a state championship. I, I really do. You could get on a good run. And, uh, you know, I think Summer Creek's the only team that wasn't in the playoffs last year. And I think the only reason that happened is because they had some injuries. I think they hadn't had the injuries that have been in the playoffs. So you're really looking. And I think uh, two years ago, I think they went three or four deep. So, you, yeah, it's it's uh, it's got to be one of the best, if not the best, districts in the state of Texas. And then it continues Friday. There's no rest for the weary. Seven o'clock at Clay Stadium. You guys are taking on Strake Jesuit, um, a team obviously that that made a deep playoff run last year. Uh, interesting in the sense that they have not played a game yet. This is going to be their opener. I uh, don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you guys are up uh, against on Friday night, uh, what what are you seeing? 
Uh, you know, yeah, we haven't seen them play. We don't have any film on them. Uh, you know, all we can do is watch a film from last year. And, uh, you know, it's really impressive to me with their execution, uh, the way they execute everything that they do. And, and I, we've played Westbrook, and that's kind of where we've gotten our film from is uh, us playing Westbrook after they've played them. So we can kind of look at some film from the past. Uh, we don't know what they're going to do here, but from the looks of it, they do what they do, and they do it really well. And they have, uh, you know, high IQ kids, and, and, and they play their technique, and you can count on them not to make many mistakes. And uh, just some really, really uh, nice athletes up front, defensively and offensively. And number 99 and 92, and them some special-looking kids. Uh, just, just their impact of the game, their presence is always there. Run our pass. And uh, – so, you know, they, they offensively, it's an excellent job of running the zone and, and counter stuff and then dink and dunk, and then they hit you over the top. Uh, so they're, they're going to be, a, you know, definitely a challenge for us. But we wanted to see that. We wanted to see that. We want to see somebody that, you know, has an excellent game plan, and you know you got to go out there and execute, and your kids can't make many mistakes against these kids. Uh, so we're excited about the game. He's Derek Fitenry. He's the head coach of the CE King Panthers, the 1-0 Panthers. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win, and uh, best of luck Friday night. Thank you very much. There he goes. Derek Fitenry, head coach, CE King Panthers. Sheldon Iced. Sheldon Iced. They're not in Houston. They're in Sheldon. Um, yes, but appreciate Coach Fitenry. I've known him. We did a we did a photo shoot with him and a player at when he was at Longview pine tree a few years ago i remember hmm. that very distinct but anyway definitely uh, not a fan of the heat no I'm he look, sounded like look, me when i talk about the cold yeah but he was <laughs> like he's like listen it could be 118 it's like it could be it could, right. you are it's, not it's wrong like 70 something. so uh, anyway want to know great start big win over side falls on friday mm-hmm. night we appreciate coach fitzhenry's time we are texas football today we're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com talking football in the lone star state you can follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Pull this up, Pickle, because I know there's usually something I like to read before we do this. You ready? Yeah. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press. Uh, We put out the Texas High School Ball rankings of record. Uh, We published the state's most respected Texas High School Ball rankings for decades, and we've been the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since last season. We reveal our rankings every Friday, every Monday, Friday, that'd be weird, uh, every Monday here on Texas Football Today, uh, around this time, about 1230. Mm -hmm. And finally, we can have... All the classifications join it. Because for 6A and 5A for the past couple of weeks, we've been like, same. Mm-hmm. Instead, we've got stuff to talk about. We will start with Class 6A. Class 6A, no change at the top. Galena Park North Shore, undisputed, the number one team. Uh, Katie, uh, in fact, the entirety of the top seven are the chain. The same, same. North Shore, Duncanville, Katie, Westlake, uh, big winners of a shirt's comments, by the way. Denton, Geyer, and Allen, uh, plus Southlake Carroll, who was idle. Uh, Alvin Shadow Creek lost to Glen Park North Shore. They dropped from number 8 to number 13 with that loss. Civil uh, of Steel lost to Chester Life School out of Virginia. They dropped from 18 down to 24. Not a whole lot of changes other than that here in the first rankings of the year. Let's go to 5A. 5A, bunch of changes. Up to number 2, 
Dan Ryan stays the same at number one. That's mm-hmm. pretty undisputed at this point with their big one over Arlington Martin. Up to number two is Idle Highland Park. Up to number three is Idle Lancaster. And up from seven to number four is Richmond Foster, who hung 79 on Lamar Consolidated. Big, impressive win for them. Cedar Park up two spots to number six after their win over, over Austin Vandegrift. Frisco Lone Star slips from number two to number seven with their loss to North Forney. Longview slips from number three to number eight with their loss to Temple. Amarillo Tascosa up a spot. And joining the rankings at number 10, the College Station Cougars. Cougars? Cougars. Cougars? Cougars, who uh, beat Hutto 55-14. I haven't thought about 5A in years. Yeah, no. What's the I, problem? Uh, I don't know. To 5A Division Two, we go, Ennis uh, remains the same. In fact, the entire top eight are all the same. Ennis, Alita, Lubbock, Cooper, Fort Bend, Marshall, Anim, Consolidated, Wichita Falls, Ryder, Man- Mansfield, Timberview, and Frisco, all except Fort Bend, Marshall were winners. Frisco, Mar- Fort Bend, Marshall was idle. New to the rankings, though. Number nine, Bernie Champion, 35 nothing winners over San Antonio Veterans Memorial. And number 10, Marshall, who beat New Caney, 34-26. They're number 10. To 4A we go. Top three were Idle, Argyle, Lampasas, and Waco La Vega all took the week off. Everything down, it, everything is pretty much the same there. Uh, number three, uh, who was number three in the rankings? I forgot. Yikes. I think that's wrong. Anyway, um, Waco La Vega up, up a spot after being idle. But Portland Fox, Calhoun, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, Canyon. Big winners over Midland Green, but they're up to number six. Melissa, a one via forfeit over Paris. They are So that will go in as a win, I should say. That goes, uh, to be very clear, if teams are forfeiting because of COVID protocols, that goes in as a win for the other team. It is theoretically a 2 nothing win in the books, unless, but it will count in the... Um, in, in tiebreakers as a max point differential loss. So Paris takes a max point differential loss to Melissa. I believe it's 17, but Melissa moves to 5-0 and with a forfeit loss, or forfeit win, rather. Springtown up to number 9 with a win over Midlothian Heritage in overtime. And new to the rankings, number 9, El Campo. They beat a good Houston mm-hmm. St. Thomas squad, 48-37. And number 10, Fredericksburg, the Battle of Billies. Comeback win over Bernie. That earns them a spot in the rankings. 4A Division 2 we go where it is pretty much unchanged with the exception of Gilmer. Gilmer drops from number, uh, n- with their loss to uh, uh, Carthage, rather, they drop from number four to number seven. Um, okay, Paris is not a max point district. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Step. He's just <laughs> dropping in my DMs now. Um, Two-point win for Forfin. Thank you. Uh, Jasper uh, up a spot with their win over Fighter. Um, uh, China Spring beats Mejia. They are up a spot. Uh, center uh, remains the same at number 10. To 3A we go. Where a little bit of changes here. Uh, uh, Wall, they're lost 41-6 to to Midland Christian. Drops them from number 3 to number 9. Pottsboro up a spot to number 4. Malakoff, Hallettsville, Shallowwater, and Yoakum were all idle, but they all nudge up a spot, as does Mount Vernon. Their 53-35 win over Emory Reigns. Winsboro is out of the top 10 after their loss to Mineola, but new to the top 10... The Lano Yellow Jackets, a 34 nothing winner over Ballinger. They go from unranked to number 10 in 3A Division 1. Over to 3A Division 2 we go, where it's a little bit of shuffling, but the top 10 remain the same. Uh, Canadian and Gunner are still the same at number 2. Uh, Lexington's 49-14 loss to Franklin drops them to number 3. 
Uh, Dangerfield uh, up a spot to number four. East Bernard up a spot. Both up a spot. Spearman up a spot with their overtime win over Childress. Franklin jumps from number 10 to number seven. Leapfrogging Lexington, whom they beat. Idle Idle at number nine. And Childress drops from number eight to number 10 with their overtime loss to Spearman. So same 10 teams just reshuffled a little bit. Mm -hmm. To 2A we go. 2A is a lot more boring. We lost number eight, but Shiner, Refurio, Post, Lindsay, Joaquin, all winners. San Seba and Crawford were idle. Timpson and Panhandle each up a spot with their whims over Sims, Bowie, and Stratford, respectively. And new back into the rankings, San Augustine. Their 48-20 win is enough to get them the number two over Alto, I should say, is enough to get them a number 10 spot. 2A Division 2 we go. Martin Hamlin are idle at the top. Jacksboro or Wellington beat Jacksboro. They're number 3. Uh, Wheeler leapfrogs idle Albany from number 9 to number 7 with their win over Sunray. Uh, Albany is the same at number 8. And new to the rankings, number 9, Cristobal who beat Goldthwaite, and number 10, Falls City, who beat Pettis. They are back into the rankings. To 1A we go, the six-man ranks courtesy of our friend and our six-man insider, Granger Huntress at sixmanfootball.com. Not a ton of changes here. A little bit of shuffling at the bottom, but the top six unchanged. Westbrook, Sterling City, Borden County, Rankin, Union Hill, and May. Lakey up a spot with their win over Fredericksburg. Jonesboro down a spot with their win uh, to make room for Lakey with their win over Milford. Knox City idle at number nine. And new back into the rankings, number 10, Happy. Even with their loss to Sterling City, it was close enough that it impressed the rankings makers. Speaking of which, let's move over to 1A Division 2, where Richland Springs has flip-flopped once again with Miley County. They were back up to number 2 uh, in the rankings there. Uh, Calvert, with their lo- close loss to Rankin, they are up a spot to number 5. Uh, Jayton drops a spot to number 4. Klondike, uh, Groom, and Strong, 6, 7, and 8. New to the rankings, Follett, they're 5-0. and oh. They are into at the rankings at number 9. And Whit Harrell, back into the rankings at number 10 with a win over Hart. To the private school ranks, where we finally had a little bit to talk about. Dallas Parish Episcopal was a winner in their uh, number one uh, team in the in five ed, or in private school eleven man ranks. They beat Bishop Lynch forty three to seven. Fourth Nolan's game got canceled with Duncanville. Trinity Christian Cedar Hill was idle. San Antonio Cornerstone was idle. Plano John Paul II lost to Lucas Lovejoy. They dropped from number two to number four. And the six man ranks. We have a new number one, Austin Veritas, up to number one with their win over Texas School for the Deaf. Fredericksburg Heritage is lost to Lakey, drops in from number one to number two. New Braunfels Canyon, or Christian rather, drops from uh, number two to number three with their loss to Bill Verity, Bracken Christian. Dallas Lake Hill um, uh, is, stays the same at number four. I believe they were idle. And Bastrop Tribe Consolidated stays the same at number five with their win over Williamson County Homeschool. There it is. Your week six, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. You can find them at texasfootball.com slash rankings and on texasfootball.com. All right, let me pull this new thing. I should probably have these things up before I for the show, but that would require it work. It adds to the mediocre That would, re- of the that would show. require work on my part. Ready? Yep. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the UIL have teamed up this year to... Uh, where is that? Hold on a second. Well, that's not good because we have been telling people to go to textable.com slash UIL100 and it's not up right now. Hold on. This is a this is actually a problem. There we go. Everything is up in flames. Everything's just terrible. Our pet's heads are falling off. Why is that not redirecting? See, that's a big problem. Will, if you're watching, please... Adjust this because this is actually a big deal. Anyway, 
Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the UIL have partnered this year to honor the best and brightest and celebrate 100 years of UIL Texas high school football by uh, with the lists of 100 years, 100 teams, 100 years, 100 players, and 100 years, 100 rivalries. Uh, we are honoring the best and brightest in Texas high school football. You can vote for all of these teams are into the top. Uh, are all these teams, players, and rivalries have been listed on the UIL 100 lists? But you can vote for the fans' choice, the UIL 100 fans' choice at TexasFootball.com/UIL100 as soon as we get it back up. Apparently, uh, but we will uh, unveil now the newest members of the. What do you have first? Players. Players. UIL 100 players. Joining the UIL 100 years 100 players list, you can vote at TexasFootball.com/UIL100. Austin Westlake quarterback Drew Brees. Groveton running back Rodney Thomas, Sugarland running back Ken Hall, Lake Travis quarterback Garrett Gilbert, Sulphur Springs offensive lineman Forrest Gregg, Throckmorton defensive lineman Bob Lilly, South Lake Carroll defensive back Dane Johnson, Austin Anderson linebacker Dick Night Train Lane, Longview offensive lineman Trent Williams, and Louisville defensive back Shannon Brazell. All members of the UIL 100 years 100 players list. You can vote for which player should be on the UIL top fans choice top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. On to the teams we go presented by our friends at HEB UIL 100 years 100 teams list includes 1966 Sweeney the Bulldogs, 1992 Waxahachie Indians, the 2001 Everman Bulldogs, the 2017 Carthage Bulldogs, the 1946 Odessa Broncos, the 1972 Odessa Permian Panthers, the 1994 Tyler John Tyler Lions, the 1958 Pflugerville Panthers, 1973 Big Sandy and 1993 Stephenville, all members of the UIL 100 Years 100 Teams list. Vote for your Fans' Choice Top 10 member of these 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. The Bulldogs represented in that one. A lot one. of Bulldogs. A lot yeah. of Bulldogs. Sweeney, Everman, Carthage, Carthage. a lot of them. <laughs> and finally, the UIL 100 Years 100 Rivalries. These are the some of the best and brightest rivalries in Texas high school football. This week's list includes Canadian versus Perryton. Brownwood versus Stephenville. Houston Yates versus Houston Wheatley. Gordon versus Strawn. Amarillo versus Lubbock. Divine versus Pearsall. Texas High versus Arkansas High. I know only one of those teams in Texas, but it's a Texas high school ball rivalry. <laughs> Floyd Ada versus Lockney, the Floyd County Championship. Burnett versus Marble Falls, the Battle of Burnett County. And how about the Gucci Bowl? San Antonio Churchill versus San Antonio Clark. Vote for which team you, or which of these rivalries you think should be a, a member of the Fans' Choice Top 10 at TexasFootball.com slash UIL100. That's TexasFootball.com slash UIL100. We will apparently get that website back up because that is frustrating because I spent a lot of time updating it. <laughs> really hope it's not gone. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking Football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Texas Bowl are proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, 1243 in this instance, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. They will even leave it up to you at TexasFootball.com. Voting is open now on TexasFootball.com if you want to vote for who you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week 
winner. We close the voting Friday at noon. Announce the winner shortly thereafter. Your Week 5 Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Cedar Park Vista Ridge quarterback Kyle Brown threw for 413 yards and six touchdowns through the air. Ran for another 30 yards and a score in Vista Ridge's big win. Denton Ryan, wide receiver and defensive end, Tavian Sanders went nuts. Seven catches, 122 yards and two touchdowns receiving. A 69-yard one-handed interception return for a touchdown. He also had six tackles and a tackle for a loss. Winthorpe's running back and linebacker Ethan Belcher carried the ball 32 times for 240 yards and three touchdowns. He caught seven passes for 56 yards and a score. He also had 11 tackles and four tackles for loss for Great Ethan Belcher. Name. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial quarterback Carter Centerfit, 232 yards and two touchdowns passing, another 102 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Cool 230 uh, cool 230-100 game for Carter Centerfit. Tyler Legacy running back Jamarian Miller carried the ball 16 times for 347 yards and four touchdowns. Lubbock Coronado quarterback Sawyer Robertson is up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week after throwing for 405 yards and four touchdowns and running for another 29 yards and a score. Newton running back DeAnthony Gatson carried the ball 19 times for 301 yards and four touchdowns for the Eagles. Also up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week, Cleburne athlete Cleo Chandler. He ran the ball 153 times, or uh, I'm sorry, he ran the ball for 153 yards and four touchdowns. He also caught 13 passes for 135 yards and a touchdown. I was genuinely concerned if he carried the ball 153 times. Well, listen, he did. <laughs> he did have a. How many times do you see a guy with 150 yards receiving, and I'm sorry, 150 yards rushing and 130 yards yeah. receiver? Crazy, Cleo Chandler of Cleburne. LaPrior wide receiver and defensive back Juan Valdez caught nine passes for 182 yards and five touchdowns and added an interception just for, just for funsies. And finally, Gladewater wide receiver DJ Allen caught 10 passes for 283 yards and five touchdowns for the Bears. So those the are your Bears. week five. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Kyle Brown of Cedar Park, Cedar Park Vista Ridge, Jatavian Sanders of Denton Ryan, Ethan Belcher of Windthorst, Carter Centerfit of Cor Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, Jamarian Miller, Tyler Legacy, Sawyer Robertson, Lubbock Coronado, DeAnthony Gatson of Newton, Cleo Chandler of Cleburne, Juan Valdez of LaPrior, and DJ Allen of Gladewater. Vote early, vote off, and vote now. TexasFootball.com. One more read. Got you one got more this. thing to do before we get to the uh, our nice little campus get to the crawl. campus crawl. We're adding this. We normally do this on Tuesdays, but now we're going to do it on Mondays, right? Dave Campbell's Texas football. Are we doing? Oops, sorry. Yeah. Wrong one. Whoa, you scared me. Dave Campbell's Texas football is proud to honor one coach from each classification with the Coach of the Week award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week Five. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mike Jackson from Conroe Oak Ridge. Dr. Mike Jackson. Coach Jackson's Grizzlies in their first game competing in the UIL started out with a bang as Conroe Grand Oaks rolled to a 64-7 win over Conroe ISD rival Caney Creek on Thursday night. Congratulations to Dr. Jackson. In 5A, Sam Harrell from Ennis. Coach Harrell's number one ranked Lions lived up to the hype in the season opener with a dominant 52-21 win over Red Oak. In 4A, Sterling Doty from Stephenville. After a tough 1-3 start against a brutal schedule, many had written Coach Doty's Yellow Jackets off, but you do so at your own peril. As third-ranked Dumas find, found out Thursday night, as Stephenville stunned the Demons 46-33 to improve to 2-3. and three. 
In 3A, Mark Fannin from Franklin. In his first year leading the program at Franklin, Fannin saw his team get off to a slow start and lose a non-district game due to COVID-19 protocols. But his Lions on Friday were ready to go in their district opener. Shocking state-ranked and unbeaten Lexington with a 49-14 blowout win. In 2A, Brandon Alvarez from Garrison. After a slow start in this first season at the helm, Coach Alvarez has the Bulldogs trending up in a big way after they improved a 2-2 with a 60-21 win over Groveton on Friday night. In 1A, Philip Martin from Evant. Playing in the first game in nearly a month, Martin had his Elks ready to roll as Ethan Hightower led Evant to an 88-66 win over previously unbeaten Penelope. And in the private school ranks, Mike Santiago from San Antonio Central Catholic. Fueled by a rushing attack that put up 313 yards, including 207 from Garrett Davidsmeyer, Santiago's Buttons took down Bernie Geneva 42-27 to in their season opener. So those are your Week 5, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Mike Jackson from Conroe Oak Ridge. In 5A, Sam Harrell from Ennis. In 4A, Sterling Doty from Stephenville. In 3A, Mark Fannin from Franklin. In 2A, Brandon Alvarez from Garrison. In 1A, Philip Martin from Evant. And in the private school ranks, Mike Santiago from San Antonio Central Catholic. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thanks for all you do for players, teams, and communities. Yeet. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. You ready to crawl? One last thing to do, and that is to round out the show with a nice campus crawl. A look at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. As usual, they are in a mystery order. You tell me what the order is, and we will acknowledge that you did that. <laughs> big doings. <laughs> big big prizes. <laughs> we will start with Texas. So that was fun. That game was a lot of fun. Um it was a it was it was a game that I think you would you would classify as crazy town banana pants. Mm-hmm. Um Did you hear what Coach Herman said afterwards about Sam? He said that Sam told him when they went down by the touchdowns that they were good. He said he said that blah, he said they left us too much time. We're going to come back and win this in overtime. And then coach said, if Sam told me to buy oceanfront property in Arizona, then I would probably yep. listen. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Ellinger was great. He racked up six touchdowns in this game. Um, 262 yards and five touchdowns passing, 69 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. Um Look, I, I think that it's clear at this point that the that the offense is good. The offense is elite. The offense is, is up there. It's it's got weapons, um, especially with the emergence of Joshua Moore. Um, they've got weapons um, all over the field. I don't know what to make of the defense. That secondary is rough, man. Part of me, yeah, part of me thinks that like the secondary is just going to be an issue this year mm-hmm. for them, and it may end up costing them what they want to do. But at the same time, the Big 12 kind of fell apart in front of them. Like, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma lost. And so it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, overall, wins are wins. Mm -hmm. And especially a road win uh, against Tech, uh, they improved to uh, 2-0 in the year. That's the only thing that matters for them. Um, It's weird because they've played a team that throws the ball really well, and they play a team that doesn't throw the ball well at all. And so we don't really know what, like, how to split that, how Mm -hmm. how how to... Drive with that. I want to get more um, more data on them, but overall, you know, a win is a win. They take on TCU this week. Next up, SMU. If you didn't hear us talk a ton about SMU, they played Stephen F. Austin and they rolled. They jumped out to a 29 nothing halftime lead and never looked back. They won 50-7. Uh, they, they didn't ask 
anybody to do a whole lot. No. Shane Bouchelle threw for two touchdowns and then got pulled. Um, Ulysses Bentley and, and TJ McNeil each ran for 104 yards. Uh, the defense looked good, held them to 215 yards. Fixate the positive here was they just went out and did what they were supposed to do. Not a whole do. lot to say. That Like, that's how they look. Like, that, like if you are a – if you are what is a – hopes to be a conference contending team, and now they're 3-0, if you are a conference contending team and you're playing at home against a FCS team, you should do this. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. UTSA. They played Friday night. They, they tried so hard to give it away. Yeah, they tried to mess it up. They tried so hard. <laughs> they were rolling. They oh, were yeah. cruising. Mm-hmm. They were, it was all, it was party time in the Alamo Dome. Middle Tennessee comes roaring back. They end up winning the game. Um, they end up winning the game. I, I did think that, you know, obviously one of the storylines coming out of this was the injury to Frank Harris. We don't know how serious it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Atkins, I thought, came in and played pretty well. He played pretty well. I don't think... I don't know. I think the defense is okay. I think it's yeah. good enough to win games like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's good enough to hold teams to 35, the yeah. question is, are they going to score more than 35? Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly where they are. And so, look, they go out there, and in a game that was thrown together at the last minute, they beat Middle Tennessee, and they're 3-0. Okay? Great win for them. Next week, they get they go to UAB. It'll be an interesting test. Mm-hmm. Interesting test for them. But Roadrunners are 3-0. Nothing to turn your nose up at there. All aboard. All aboard. <laughs> the minor train. What the hell? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like, look, I'm not here to tell you that Louisiana Monroe is awesome. Because they're not. They're no. 0-3. They're not very good. They're not very good. But it was a road game that you UTEP usually went can't on do. the road and beat the snot out of them. UTEP went on the road and dominated them. They held them to 194 yards, 93 yards total offense. Gavin Hardison threw for 300 yards. Deion Hankins went for 118, three touchdowns. What? What? Where is, who is this team? I I don't know. Who is this team? This is a team that tried to give it away against Stephen F. Austin. They were supposed to like it's, they were supposed to go and, and 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 give it away against Stephen F. Austin. They get beat by fifty six by Texas, and then they go on the road and they yeah. they kind of pummel Louisiana Monroe. Amazing. They get a week off and they get Louisiana Tech. Dana Dimmel for president. <laughs> Texas State. Oh, Bobcats. Texas State was in control of this game for long stretches. The quarterback carousel continues. Brady Brady McBride started this game and looked pretty pretty sharp. Um, they were they, the running game was fits and starts. Um, the running game was fits and starts. But I'll tell you that um, oh, they just feel like they've got to be they've got to have a better record than one and three right now. They played better than their record indicates. They were in the game against SMU. They should have beaten UTSA, right? And they should have beaten Boston College. But instead, they are uh, one and three. It's just disappointing. Like it's a team, uh, kind of a mark of a young team, right? Uh, a, a young team is is not being able to uh, to finish. So disappointing for Texas State. They lose it. Baylor. Okay, I got a lot of thoughts on this. I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Here we go. Hot take, Tepper. 
I don't know what like like I don't really know how to grasp the win over over Kansas because on one hand, like they were just kind of okay. Like you know, they were playing a bad team in Kansas. Kansas is a bad team. I think we all say that. Playing a bad team at home, they should romp them. They needed two kickoff returns to really run away from them, but at the same time, like. A win's a win. And it's like, Charlie Brewer was okay. He was sharp. They didn't ask him to do a ton. Uh, it was our first look at the Dave Aranda team. I think that offense is going to be a lot... I think it's going to be... Maybe they were just being vanilla in this game, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to be a little bit more kind of run-heavy than they were under Matt Rule. Um, I don't know. It's a weird result. Like... Because on one hand, like, this game was 17-7 to at halftime, and, like, and they were just struggling to move the ball a little bit. They woke up a little bit in the halftime, or in the second half, but then special teams put them over the top. And again, uh, like, what I'm saying is that I'm looking at a, at a, at a what, a 33-point win, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, did they do enough? Like, yeah, like, they looked great. Like, they, they finished the game, the scoreline's pretty, but it's like, more you dig in, the more you're like, I don't know. Like, next week against, at, like, next week at West Virginia... I'm like a lot more interested in that result, and I want to watch what they do in that because they're going on the road. West Virginia is not very good, but going on the road against West Virginia and and seeing what they look like then maybe as week one. I don't want to put a ton of stock into it. I'm just waiting for more on Baylor. Right. Like I'm just I'm 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 optimistic. We don't have a stick right. I'm yet. optimistic, but there's just too many kind of conflicting variables in this one mm-hmm. to really make a judgment call. Texas Tech. Yeah, that one. That stings. That'll sting. That stings because they, 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 for long stretches of this game, dominated Texas. Dominated Texas. And when Sir Roderick Thomas ran, busted off that 75-yard touchdown run, I was like, that's it, man. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. But in the end, they couldn't come up with the key plays at the key times. And on one hand, you're like, well, you know what? That's the eighth-ranked team in the, in the nation. We should certainly be, you know, forgiving of them, like, you know, the fact they gave it up, and, and credit to Texas at that point. But at the same time, that's not going to comfort any Texas Tech fans who feel like they should be 2-0 with a signature win. Um, I'm optimistic about the offense waking up. I think the defense is going to be a problem all year long, especially that secondary. Um, I think it's just going to be a problem. And so, look, uh, that's that's just what Tech is going to be. I'm not. I'm. I'm. They they go to Kansas State. Who knows what to make of Kansas State at this point? Uh, but you know, next week's a big. I think they they really need to go to Kansas State and get a win. If they do that, that's going to take a lot of the sting out of this one. But if they drop to one and two and zero oh and two in conference. That's going to really really suck the wind out of that mm-hmm. their sails. A and M. I talked about this in um in Monday morning fallout. Here's so you're familiar with happies and crappies. Mm-hmm. We'll do happies and crappies. Okay. Here's a happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the defense is really good. Yeah. I think defense is a chance good. to really make some noise. Um, I think that they. Um, they look like a veteran squad. They do. There. They look like a veteran squ- squad. Uh, we had questions about the linebacker spot, especially with Anthony Hines uh, kind of not uh, opting out. But I thought that Buddy Johnson played well. Um, I thought that DeVar- DeMarvin Leal got after it up front. I thought Damani Richardson played well. Um, look, I thought this was overall defensively like a really, really, really strong effort. Really mm-hmm. strong effort. And then there's the offense. And and the offense kind of boils down to me 
that like obviously part of the problem is that like they're not protecting Kellen Mond very well. Right. They're not protecting him very well, and that's going to be an issue against. If that's an issue against Vanderbilt, that's going to be a big issue. How is that going to be against Alabama next the week? Rest of the SEC. Um. I think that the offense is better than they showed. I think that they failed to execute. I think it is an issue of execution as opposed to talent. But y'all better execute starting right now. This was the gimme. This was the gimme. And if you're squeaking by Vanderbilt, what happens when you go to Alabama and then host Mississippi State? And then, by the way, go to Mississippi State who just beat LSU. Yeah. In the next three weeks. Like, this was your gimme. Mm-hmm. And it's like... If you need if you need one mulligan, you get it. You get it. Because you go and you beat Alabama or you're competitive against Alabama and everyone's like, ah no big deal. Yeah, it was just it was just first week jitters type first of week thing, jitters. you know. Maybe it is. And I'm willing to hold off judgment. The offense gotta get going. If the defense keeps playing, they're gonna have a chance. Mm-hmm. But overall, like it was just a weird, weird game for AM. TCU just kind of like just kind of same song different verse like the offense just you know it now 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 well part together. of it part of it is that like i think that T- i think when max duggan was in mm-hmm. he looked good yeah no he did he looked real good for the most part um but i think they they held i think they held off putting him in too long that's easy it's easy to second guess um the defense has that weird defensive touchdown yeah. Super weird. But um, I think Iowa State is definitely not a pushover team like some no. people might think that they are, but I do think that there is stuff like you could see the pieces of the puzzle. They need to be put together a little bit better on TCU. I'm a little side. concerned. I'm a little concerned about it's like the they TC- have the pieces. I'm a little concerned about the TCU front seven. Uh they kind of got run over uh in this game. And and Brees Hall had a big game for them. I'm a little bit concerned about the TCU front seven. Um I think the offense is gonna be okay. If they just stick with Max Duggan and let them cook. The running game never got going, which is something that nobody's going to talk about, but the running game never got going. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be an issue if you're kind of in between quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know. They're going to be interesting. They could obviously get a big test this week against Texas. Um, I'm not ready to throw dirt on TCU. I think the offense is is improved over what it was last Mm -hmm. year if they stick with a quarterback. But, you know. Is that one at DKR this weekend? uh, That game is at... Or is it Texas? At, at okay, number yeah. nine, Texas. Gotcha. North Texas did not play. The Rona. Um, they got Corona, and we haven't heard anything from them about they're supposed to play Southern Miss this week. Yeah, it's supposed to be their first conference game. This that is week. a conference game, and we, we don't know. We will as keep of you, now. We will keep you posted on what's happening with North Texas. They did not play. Houston also did not play because North Texas. Poor Houston. God, Houston, five games. Five games they canceled. That's Houston. terrible. And Rice. Rice did not play either, and I maintain that I'm just, I'll believe it when I see it for the Owls. So there is your campus crawl. Uh, the order. We've got three different guesses okay. here. Uh, total offense leaders? No. No, that one was from Daniel Agnew. Uh, Tristan Ormsby said rushing yards? No. And Ed said points scored? Turnovers. Ooh. Number of turnovers. Now, part of that is just that, like, you know, number of turnovers forced, I should say, defensive turnovers. So, Texas forced the most, and TCU, or in, in, in North Texas among the teams that have played, but they've only played, what, one game? Yeah, two. Two. So, yeah, they've forced the fewest. Anyway, there is your campus crawl. 
Who I'm tired of talking. Somebody else talk. I will go to Ashley Pickle for America's second figure for second final thoughts. I got you. So we do you want to say the your question yes. one more time? So, what, what was um it? the pre-show topic, uh, giving away these coasters. The pre-show question was how many points were scored in the highest scoring 11-man Texas high school football game this season. Mm-hmm. We're going closest without going over. Obviously, if you get on the button, then you win. So one person got it on the button, but it Ooh. was Tristan Ormsby who already uh, won. So he already said, he goes, I know I can't win, but I think the answer is this. It was okay. correct. The answer was 135. The answer is 135 uh, because – oh, and I had this up. It was uh, – was it Frankston? Is that what I said? Yeah. Frankston and – oh, Paris look at this. Oh, I had this up. Oh, no, not you, you I'm dumb. Um, yeah, so there it was. Uh, yeah, Paris Chisholm beat Frankston 75 to 60. Yeah. 75 to um, 60. That was uh, in week four. So that was last week. So, yeah. And then or I not. forgot that you said you couldn't go over. So I asked uh, Tim Pipes, said 137. And then I realized nope. that he went over. But nope. there. So then the next closest one is our guy, uh, Josh Chapa. He gets 130. So he was the closest without going over. Josh so. Chapa, congratulations. Yep. Based on the prices right rules, you win these three Texas Football Day coasters. There you go. All right, you got anything else? No, I don't think so. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us, powering through a couple of our technical difficulties. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to CE King coach Derek Fitzhenry for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.